tenants to success, but one of the tenants to success is just knowing your identity, leaning into who you are. Hopefully we do that as well as possible regularly here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And of course, those insane radio deals.com fast takes at fast lane, lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, by the way, Liberty football tickets for any of the remaining home football games. Two tickets, $22.22 total for a $70 value. We want to help pack out Williams Stadium, so head to InsaneRadioDeals.com. In the short term for Liberty, it's easy to know your identity. Because when you start the way they did against Middle Tennessee on Tuesday night, turnover first pass of the game, Caden Salter, disorganized there. You go down the field, you run, you score. And then, 30 penalty yards aiding Middle Tennessee, you're down 14-7 to because of that. You don't panic, excuse me, right when I was about to let some air out of my chest, should we say, um, in a manner that would not have exactly made Miss Emily, was it Emily Post? Is that it? The manners lady? What? Emily Post. This is before your time, so it is Emily I have, Post. I have no... Yeah, no. Google her and you can at me at Fastlane at Lane. Anyway, I was about to let, you know, some air out of my chest. Burp is a, you know, much less diplomatic way. So Liberty fell back on their identity and it allowed them to avoid a total meltdown for midweek on the mountain. They lost, or excuse me, they won. They lost the spread. They were a 14 and a half point favorite at close. It began at 13. They didn't come close to covering either of those numbers. But they got the most important thing, which is the win, to go to 7-0. And there's some lessons that JMU can learn tonight as they get ready to battle Marshall. Granted, that one's on the road, and it's a short week. But Liberty had the same spot a couple of weeks ago, where they had the Thursday to Tuesday turnaround after the Thursday win against Sam Houston State on the goal line stand. And they went on the road to Jacksonville State and looked dominant, especially as that game unfolded. So Liberty, first and foremost, are you willing to run the football because at the end of the day, above all else, you want to win? It's part of trying to win, and uh, we want to we want to try to be as balanced as possible. And if you go back, we met, we dropped a touchdown pass. Uh, we had another one there at the end that barely overthrew Sibley. You know, you, you hit on a couple of those, then you're whatever we had, 400 something, you're probably 240 throwing. You know, everybody's high fiving me. Coach, that's awesome. Everybody's like, why are you running the ball so much? Because we want to win. We want to win. At the end of the day, we're not as married to a pass scheme and pass concepts as it is doing what it takes. To win the game. There are overarching philosophies. And programs will say it. Hat coaching staffs are often the ones who say this. They have their philosophies in wanting to win. But it's really wanting to win their particular way. And yes, Liberty's particular way right now is running the ball. But there's enough passing in there that you can find a way to do that. And that's a lesson that JMU can learn. Because it's going to be a tough game. It's on the road. It's at Marshall tonight. And they're a three and a half point favorite. It actually was three initially. I've seen it go up to four in certain spots. And we'll make our projections, and we're not going to do an official votes of confidence, but we'll do it uh, in just a little bit in our Fast Five at Five-ish. But for Liberty, at the end of the day, when things are not working, going back to an identity and having that on which you can fall back, which is running the football. You do it because you do it well, and you do it because the opponent gives it to you, like Middle Tennessee, and you're not too stubborn to recognize that 
And again, recognize at the end of the day, sometimes it's less about style points and it's more about points in general. You want to take what they give you. You know, we've had some games where we've thrown it more, and, and but the last couple weeks, the way people have tried to play us because we've hit so many big, you know, shots, or our, our, our receivers, some of them are averaging 20-something yards a catch and all that, they're not, they don't want to give up those. And so if you're going to play soft, then we're going to try our best to try to run it down your throat and see if we can control the ball. And so if that's what a team wants to do to us, we're going to try to do that. A lot of that is schematically recognizing when the other team is in a run defense loading the box versus a pass defense. And Liberty staff has done, I, mean, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but they've done a really good job overall um, getting that team to, to the point where they can identify which one is which and having them dialed in mentally. And again, I, I was critical yesterday in the fast lane of Caden Salter not being dialed in mentally. And to his credit, he owned it after the game, including the first play from scrimmage where he grabbed the wrong helmet, goes out, it's disorganized. Liberty chooses not to burn a timeout. Salter throws an interception and it sets up Middle Tennessee with a short field that they turn into a touchdown and a 7 to nothing lead. And it kind of put Liberty behind the eight ball in that game. And they rallied and they showed tenacity and a willingness to do that. But... It is not being too stubborn. It's recognizing what the opponent gives you. And then in a lot of cases, as a coaching staff, also understanding that you know sometimes your guys are dialed in and locked in. And sometimes they're not. And knowing the difference and when they're not, having things you can do to slow the game down. And the most obvious way to slow the flow of the game down is to run the football. Our whole game plan was, you know, you want to be as balanced as possible. You want to hit your shots. You want to do all those things. But the way they were playing us, especially early, they were they were they were keeping everybody deep and saying we're not going to give up any deep shots. That's what that was their plan from the first half on. Uh, and so we just decided, all right, we're going to run it, you know, and, and do some things and still take your take your chances. Uh, and um, we were able to do that. They were Liberty was able to do that again. Identifying what your opponent gives you. It, there's an element of being humble. And going about that process, not being too so not not being too engulfed with your scheme and philosophy. Uh, it's it's a fine line. You need your identity, you need to know who you are as a team, and you need to go back to it and to be able to do it well. But the value of being balanced is you can do that. And it allows you to stay hungry, it allows you to keep finding ways to lock in. And that's where it kind of goes to tonight's game as well for JMU at Middle Tennessee. As we mentioned, started out as a three-point Duke's favorite on the road at Marshall. That number's gotten steamed up to plus four for the Thundering Herd, so minus four. JMU now favored from three to favored by four this evening. But I do think they've got the right mindset to win tonight. The margin? Eh, how much? We'll find out. But Kurt Sinetti mentioned even after the victory against Georgia Southern this past week, the attitude they had of enjoying the victory but also remaining humble and hungry i think what i'm most proud up to this point of this uh of this team is the way they get the message listen to the message and apply the message and i think this has been a very focused hungry and humble group and uh it needs to continue to be very focused hungry and humble group it's easier said than done. I think it's harder, Trey, actually, to have that in the air of the transfer portal when players are coming and going. And you can talk about player-led culture and having players that can weed out potential players who come in or get the ones that transfer into a program in line. Um, if anything, it's it's clearly harder at a place like Liberty with 50% roster turnover and a new staff trying to establish that. But it doesn't mean it's easier at a place like JMU where your roster is going to get poached regularly and people are going to find ways to gain an advantage, including 
basically recruiting off of your roster and scouting your roster and finding guys that might be able to play at a different level. More on that in the Fast Five at Five-ish as well, momentarily. But for a program like JMU, for a program like Liberty, is there the two undefeateds at a combined 13-0, 7-0 for the Flames, 6-0 for the Dukes as they enter tonight's game against Marshall. But for those programs, it's, it's part of understanding not only who you are and leaning into that, but having a level of, again, it's, it's cliche because everyone uses these buzzwords now, but really genuinely remaining humble and hungry, which is so much easier said than done as you start to take bites out and experience the taste of victory and success. Yeah, I, I, and these programs are built differently. Obviously, Kurt Zignetti has been there ever since like Houston went to ECU, and then but they had you know established winning, and Liberty's had established winning pre you know Jamie Chadwell. But you know Kurt Zignetti has not had kind of the you know the track like the the winning wherever he's gone. He's just been part of the winning program for so long. But you look at Jamie Chadwell is he's had consistent winners everywhere he's gone and and you that that is kind of the two you know ideal like no matter what these programs have won consistently year in and year out for the past couple of years so it, it, it's definitely in this era where there is a lot of roster turnover i mean it's it's weird to think but it isn't part of you in the back of your mind i know he's already transferred but Caden Sulter probably graduates what this year i think off the top of my head um given this is his third year and it's like would would you be shocked if he, you know, let's say he wins QSO Player of the Year? Would you be shocked? I don't think he'll do it. And I'm again, I'm not. This is like just like how this has been. But he could, you know, you could see him try to transfer back to a Power Five program. Hundred percent. Like mean, you wouldn't be shocked by it. I'm not saying it's happening, but like that's kind of the era this is. This has been. So, um, you know, look at. You know, would you be shocked? I, I I don't know Grant Wells' eligibility situation, but if you want to even go to Virginia Tech, like I wouldn't be shocked now that Grant Grant Wells doesn't play the rest of this year. He maintains his eligibility for his final year, and he transfers again to get more you know playing time. Like this is just the new era, and the fact that they're winning with the roster turnover, it's not as big at JMU as it is at at uh you know Liberty. But you look at both quarterbacks; both quarterbacks have. I believe both were port. No, did Jordan McLeod? Jordan McLeod went. Yes, he came into JMU by the portal as well. But no, he started at USF, not a Power Five school, right? Correct. All right, but both were transfer quarterbacks. You could argue he upgraded from USF to JMU. He might have, but my point being, like, you know, we're probably gonna, <coughs> unless you find a, you know, a, a Jackson Arnold, uh, you know, a Dylan Rayola, who's the number one quarterback coming out, like. If Lincoln Riley doesn't go to USC, Cale Williams stays. Like, a, a Drake May is a really good example. Like, unless you find the stud freshman, you're probably starting a transfer quarterback. So, Odds are. Yeah, so at this point, like, you have to nail... Your evaluation is so key. And I think that's where you've seen the success of JMU and Liberty, is these coaching staffs are really good at evaluating players. And I think you're starting to see it at Virginia Tech with the hits they've had in the transfer portal, like, to expand this out. And I don't, and I think if you want to keep going, like compare it to Virginia, and this is not, you know, Virginia, I don't think is fully hit on the evaluation side of things. And that's where these two teams' programs distinguish themselves, and they have to. They'd be really good at evaluating players because they're not going to get as many at bats at getting a, you know, a high end player as a, you know, an elite program, even a Power Five program. 
Trey, that's being very diplomatic about the Virginia Cavaliers not hitting on much. They haven't hit on much of anything at all. But they kind of have. You know, Anthony Colangelo showed flashes. I know they're just keeping his eligibility. So, like, there there is a chance that they can... Um uh, they can do it. Well, and who knows what's going to happen when it comes to Virginia and their quarterback situation and how the future of that looks, just given the lack of success this year. And we'll have more thoughts on that tomorrow in our votes of confidence. But I do think you hit the nail on the head in a number of cases. You know, does Caden Salter try to transfer up from Liberty? It's a reasonable question to ask. Uh, but, I mean, he's already exercised the one-time transfer rule. Now does that come uh, with the COVID stipulation and they try to fight that battle? And I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that that's the case uh you have to be aware of that if you're the liberty coaching staff and i don't think they're not aware of that and they're not naive to that fact uh but then you know the other part Jaden bradford uh belford the quarterback transfer the freshman from liberty freshman from img's committed to liberty i mean ideally you'd love to have him uh, you know red shirt this upcoming season next season not this current season but next season at liberty and then go from there where you can actually have a chance but hey, that's such an old school approach and it's harder to even in Locate that and to bring that in to a particular program and again it hits on the evaluation piece and you're right about JMU with McLeod at quarterback and having a vision and a design for that quarterback and being malleable within your system whereas the traditional we're just going to drop back or we just want a quarterback that can run having mixed parts that can use a quarterback in multiple ways is very wise, especially in the early going. Virginia Tech's an example, speaking of transfer quarterbacks that have come in, uh, you know, whether it's Wells or Kyron Drones, but Drones fits that description. He's gifted as a runner, but they've been able to use his running early on, Trey, to help him evolve as a passer and make that team more dynamic now as he's gotten comfortable within the offensive system. Yeah, I mean, he, he you know, he's shown, and, and, you know, this is what you want to see with, you know, that young of a quarterback is those flashes. I think the big thing is he hasn't turned the ball over, and you've seen the 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 upside with him, with his running ability, and then also with, you know, he is coming off of a three <coughs> excuse me, a three hundred yard passing game. So like this is this is a guy who and and you know, I feel like I've been you know, banging banging the drum here with Virginia Tech and why like the the bottom of the ACC is so bad that if he plays, you know, average football which i think he's played above average football like would you say at like relative like relative especially relative to expectations like yes you know his qbr is at 49.8 so that means he's playing average football and that is including you know when he was getting used to the offense and getting thrown in like i would like to see his qbr in his the last three games because i would say he played well against pitt he played well against florida state given florida state the opponent and he played well again he played really well against wake so, I, you know, obviously played well against Pitt. He was the ACC quarterback of the week. Uh, so I think personally, like, they're they're setting up for a, a really good end to their season. And it, it's it's somewhere where you needed a hit on the – if you were Tyler Bowen, you really needed a hit on this quarterback because this was kind of the hand-plucked guy you had as the quarterback coach, and he's hit on it. And uh, it, it seems to be working out. And it helps when you got a guy like Jalen Lane – who can run a really good slant route and and hit hit a seventy five yard touchdown and they're they're getting explosive plays which was something they couldn't do last year yeah I mean they're accessing those patented lane genes of speed yes, of course Jalen Lane seen you. yeah Jalen Lane much more hey, uh, adept at that you than just I got am. a long stride my friend you know I, I, we we all have our different ways of trying to get to the finish line Jalen Lane just does it a lot quicker than I do hey, uh, here you in know the you might beat him in light. distance that's the thing like he might beat you on like a forty yard dash but like you got to run a five k. 
you might be able to take him. I will say having raced against those sprinter types in a 5K, you have to get a, a pretty good margin built up so that it does not come down to a sprint at the end or else you're cooked. I've been hey, on the wrong just, end of that plenty of times. Just remember that, you know, the tortoise wins the race in the end. Just remember that. I mean, you can't be too much of a tortoise when you actually run races. And if you want to run a race and get a $50 gift card to Fleet Feet Roanoke, you can do that thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com because when you visit InsaneRadioDeals.com and sign up for the Star City App Marathon or 10 Hey, not only do you get a great deal on entry into that race, over 40% off the list price for either one of those, you also will get a $50 gift card good to Fleet Feet Roanoke, plus some new upgrades to those gift cards that are on the site coming soon to InsaneRadioDeals.com. For the Fast Five at Five-ish, Trey, you mentioned something else as well that's worth addressing, and that is improvement of Kyron Drones and how he fits what Tyler Bowen wants to do. Big picture, Brent Pry recognizing that Kyron Drones is improving weekly as Pry noted after the victory, as you hear every Virginia Tech game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. Yeah, he just, you know, we say it every week, you know, and it, sometimes it's easier to see than, than others, but he just keeps getting better every week. He's a guy that learns as he goes. He's got to experience it. He's got to go through it. By no means did he play perfect, but he's playing better every week. He is, as Brent Price said in the postgame show after the weight game, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, part of the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Yeah, I want to update show. something. His QBR is actually 58.3, so it's above average. Yes, well, it is. And the QBRs, especially with college, where you can get into the 200s, are a little bit more head that's, that's quarterback rating. QBR is based out of 100. Yeah, I mean, there's QBR, and then there's the other quarterback ratings. I mean, these numbers can get rather confusing. But the bottom line is that Kyron Drones is improving. And as Tyler Bowen mentioned in the postgame show, his Wake Forest performance, 20 of 29 passing over 300 yards, 321 to be exact, and ran the ball well enough, piloting the offense, looking in command, made for the most impressive Kyron Drones performance of the year. His, his most efficient game, you know, from our RPO standpoint, our move the pockets, um, and just managing the game. You know, we had, some, we had some situations at the end where certainly you want to go get the touchdown every time, but being able to manage it in the red zone, making sure that we made the game two and three possessions. Um, I thought he did an excellent job. Didn't put the ball in jeopardy, um, which, which is obviously huge at that position. And also, well, he, he was he was a, a big plus force in the run game. You know, we, we knew they were investing the hats to base hole, and, you know, he was able to open up some things for us in the run game. It's all the little things that add up for someone like Kyron Drones for Virginia Tech. But again, identifying your quarterbacks and identifying how they fit in and having a malleable scheme because there's less time than ever before for quarterbacks to wait and marinate. I was just going to say one more thing. Like, if we're going to compare the four major teams in the Commonwealth right now is, like, when you trust a team to hit an explosive play, like you trust Virginia Tech, like Liberty, JMU, and Virginia Tech, especially with drones, appear to have a really good ability of hitting an explosive play. That's kind of where Virginia Tech, you know, the reason Virginia Tech has struggled is because they give up explosive plays, especially in the run game on defense compared to the other two. But uh, you just haven't seen that from Virginia this season is hitting an explosive play. And ultimately, when you're you know a team trying to find your footing, having explosive plays can go a long way when you're playing like mode like like mate mode opponents or like you know level opponents, which similar, they're all playing similar teams to where you are as a program, which is uh, again great peer evaluation. We're not talking Virginia Tech, Florida State, where they clearly are in two different spots as their program development has unfolded. 
We're talking Wake Forest on a down year in Virginia Tech trying to get it together this past Saturday, or I guess tonight's example as well to come full circle to wrap up the fast lane yeah, we get uh, segment one. But Marshall hosting JMU, they're, they're in similar spots. And those are the reasons how you can get real good evaluation. And that stuff inevitably will come over the course of the season. Much like the Fast Five at Five-ish will inevitably come. After we chat with Jared Haas of FrenchStretch.com, talking some NASCAR next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.